Hashtag Making Waves, the podcast to help enhance our personal development. Welcome to episode four of the Hashtag Making Waves podcast with your waves of positivity lads, Adil N, Sully A and your host today, Sully SP. We're going to talk about how we react to the consumption of daily things that happen in our lives, whether it's negative or positive. We want the underlying theme of today's uh, podcast to be these three following questions. And I want us to think about it as well as everyone listening. The first question is, how impressionable do we really think we are? Number two is, are we really in full control of our minds, our thoughts and our actions? And finally, have we allowed our mindset, our thoughts to be moulded by society, mainstream media and social media without us even realising? Cool. So talking about social media, I have a certain analogy about it. So social media is like a library. You have different social media accounts, so Instagram, WhatsApp, Facebook, etc. So when you go to a library, you see fiction, non-fiction, and that's how it is. When you go into a social media account, you follow pages and accounts. And those pages and accounts are books in that library that you have. You have chosen to have these books. When you take a book out and you read these pages, that is the content that you're seeing every single day, which these accounts are posting. So my rhetorical question to everyone is, what is it that you are absorbing every single day that will eternally affect your mindset, your thought process and your attitudes. So what's your say on that and with social media in itself? Personally, I believe social media, like you're saying, is, is a book, it's a library. It's a library of different aesthetics, themes and absolutely everything you want to know will be on there. And for me, it's really beneficial. As a person, you might not know who you are due to the modern climate and you can go on social media and find your interests and your hobbies and, and you can become someone through there. But at the same time, is it becoming the person you want to be like or is it becoming the person that everyone likes? Mm -hmm. And there's so many things that you can go into and look at via social media. I think that because it is so common, um, everyone has social media. I think everyone feels like, oh, we need to have it because everyone has it. But when I think about it, not everyone, it's not for everyone. Social media isn't beneficial to everyone. It can be. But some people don't know how to use it. And I think this is where there's been, um, because it's so new and it's growing so quickly, there's not been that process for people to be like, okay, let me, let me look at this social media. Let me understand it. Um, what is it bringing to me? How is it affecting me? And how should I use it correctly? We just kind of all, all of us have done it. We've just downloaded the app, made an account and boom. We, we, we just we, we, we go to social media to become more social but it's made us more anti-social because we don't learn the social skills we need mm -hmm. for modern day life we get the social skills for online how my feed needs to look it's got to be pretty it's got to speak about who i am mm -hmm. but then in real life you kind of neglect the person you are and the, the information you need to know instead you go on social media to learn everything but on the flip side to what you said obviously I think everyone is right, for, like everyone can find themselves in their place on social media and everyone is ready for it. But mentally stable for social media would be the flip side. Are they mentally stable to get the good and the bad from social media to learn that they think they're not good enough because social media tells them they're not? I think that's the, that's the place we need to look at. Everyone's ready, but whether the mental capacity for it is different altogether. I think that's the question that a lot of people um, forget to ask themselves. So, like, um, am I in a state to go on social media? Am I in a state to watch mm. this or mm. listen to this? Mm. You see, um, these are very, very powerful tools. You know, all these other these media outlets. Mm. And if you're in a volatile state where you're living life on the edge, 
whether it's anxiety or depression, or maybe you're high on life and you just you're you're very optimistic mm-hmm. and you become a hopeful person by seeing certain things on social media. Um, I think every single time we should ask ourselves these questions, like before we're about to consume a piece of media, like even before you you listen to our podcast, ask yourself, mm-hmm. you know, are you ready to listen to this? Because sometimes we're going to be come up with some real facts That's that, very true. that might not be. Um, might hit a nerve. Yeah. Might hit a nerve. Yeah. It might not be what you want to hear. Yeah. Like some some people <clears throat> might not want to hear this. Like what's like I genuinely believe that social media is not for everyone. Yeah, it's like, true. I think it's true. And it, yeah, that as well. And it comes down to who you follow as well. For me, like I've had to really dissect and cut out so many meme pages, even though I love the content that they post. But simply because one in every five posts will be like a soft porn kind of uh, uh, content where it would portray something that is not really appealing to the eye. If I was in public and I, and I scrolled down and that video came up in like a takeaway, it wouldn't look good on me, like having that up there. It would be awkward. It reminds me of them though. You know, you know the clip something about? Yeah, with the girls uh, <laughs> moaning. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it's true though. Like, so that's for me, I don't want to see stuff like that anymore. Like, especially at my age, yeah. I don't want to see that. Maybe when I was 18, it's all right. You yeah. brush it under the table, it's fine. We're, we're young um, adolescents and whatever. But this was like complete different. So I want to ask you, why? Because it's not, it's not, it's just not good to look at. Like you have to control what you look at nowadays. Yeah. Do you think that I'm going straight into the deep mm-hmm. end here? Mm-hmm. So if you were still following these pages and you're saying every now and then you see these content that you know is not good for you, mm-hmm. do you think it'll have an impact on your brain, on your mind? Definitely, man. Definitely, because we're, we're men. It makes you perverted. It does. It so, makes you. It does. So, it so does. soft porn, essentially, and this is just expanding on your point. It it gets you into a thing where it desensitizes you. Number mm-hmm. one, so it makes you think that everything is all right with watching that. When when really, really and truly, it's perverted. Mm-hmm. If a woman was to see you looking at something like that, would you not feel embarrassed? So why is it that you can look at something like that? And feel like it's okay, yeah. Because it's it's yeah, it's, it's, it's not. realistically not that, that those things are meant to stay in the bedroom. They're meant to be private, and they're mm. not for everyone. And we're in a modern state where now mainstream media, as well as society in general, mm. wants to normalize everything. Mm. When in in fact everything shouldn't be normalized because certain things are not normal. Things that are wrong are meant to stay as they're, wrong. They're meant it's to black stay and wrong. White. You yeah. can't you can't not do all of these things and be like everyone should be okay with it because mm. everyone has different vol- values mm. and different morals and your morals are you don't want to be looking at yeah. perverted things yeah. that are trying to be normalized yeah it's for me be. personally i wouldn't go and tell someone that my friend oh you shouldn't be following these pages i know plenty of my guys out there that follow these <laughs> these instagram models or sexualized pages and stuff that's cool that's down to you that's what you choose this as it's your library you're gonna have your own books but for me in my books i need to have the habit of when I wake up first thing in the morning, I don't want to see sexualized posts. That's not a good way to start your day. A good way to start your day is opening up an Instagram on, on, on Instagram and I'm following uh, a good start today is not opening social no, media. No, but it's true, it's true. <laughs> but sometimes yeah, you can yeah. you can open like for me, I'll wake up if I check my Instagram, it will be my complex account and I follow business travel. And those two things are what motivates me. So I will see something and I'll get out of bed. I think so that's so what this helps is me this in. is the pivotal moment mm. that if you ask these questions that we've posed ourselves and to our audience and if you ask these questions to yourself you'll be like oh wait a minute i'm following so many of these like meme accounts or these certain individuals and they're bringing no benefit to me and the first step is to remove it the first step is always to remove negativity and remove harm definitely then after that you need to replace it you've got you've got a void you've got a gap to fill and once you start replacing them you can't mix the two it it doesn't work the the the, the harmful is always it's poison it's a poison in in a pond of water everything gets ruined 
you can't mix the two. You really need to purify it. And I think once we replace it, like it has you, because you'll only realize the benefits until there's a change. Mm-hmm. So, for example, for you, you, you took out all these pages and you, I'm, I'm assuming you replaced it with things you want to see business and travel, you say. Yeah. And how much, of a, how much of a change does it make in your daily life? Like, I know it has Massive me. change, massive change. Although I miss the memes from them pages, but sometimes you've got to outweigh the good and bad. If it's coming in the way, if it's nonsense, if I'm looking at rubbish, my, all the time. my attitude is going to be rubbish. Realistically, how can you be a positive person and preaching positivity and working hard and have this solid work ethic when you're following bumps all day? Do you get what I mean? Mm. So it's like, how does that make it? The distance that I don't. on that for me. Um, by the way, following bums, not actual physical <laughs> bums. Bum attitudes, bum posts. Like people that constantly doing stupid, make excuses. Stupid, yeah, just stupid things. Like that's why I told people don't take it too personal if someone that you know and follows you on Instagram because they're just not seeing any benefit in your in your content, and that's completely fine. If so- social media will always be the truth, like of how someone feels about you. Like I know in reality it's always about reality, but social media will will be that wall or that cover of how someone wants to be. So if someone takes you off. It's completely fine. At least it's kind of shown the true feeling they had about you or if they just don't like your content. Sometimes it's not that deep. Do you get what I mean? I want you to expand on that for us very quickly. The terms of people unfollowing, because I know you've got a very good mindset when it comes to that as well. Um, one thing I want to say first is the, one of the things that is very common, um, I'd say pretty much everyone does it, um, is, uh, oh, if they unfollow me, I'm going to unfollow them because I'm not their fan. Yeah. And this, to me proves that we are following people mindlessly or we're chasing um, clout because that person was retweeting or liking or sharing and now they've stopped and unfollowed you so you unfollow them because you don't want to be a fan which means that there's got to be some questions that you need to ask yourself like why were you following them in the first place do you understand what i'm saying Mm. and this whole idea of unfollowing people it's, it's your choice at the end of the day do you know what i mean like I've, I've no, there's people that I know that are really really close to me but don't follow me and there's people that I've had on social media for years and years and they unfollow me but it's their choice at the end of the day it's it just, like I might have put something that may have offended them I may put something that they didn't ever want to see um, that put them off on their day that's fine that's up to them at the end of the day if there's something to be said then they can say it to me if I feel like there's something for me to say I will approach them and I'll, and I'll say it hmm. You see, the, the, the funny thing is, do you know that your, your own personal social media, yeah? Like, it seems like it's so vast, so huge. But how much data is it really and truly? Like, you can compress that down to one SD card. Mm. That's all it is. And you can throw that away. And it's meaningless. Like, if social media was to go, what impact does it have on your life? And if, if your answer to that question is that you would be depressed, you would be sad, then you're using social media for the wrong things, really, truly. I, I get exactly where you're coming from, but I want to come on the flip side. Now, with social media, and this is just my opinion, I don't know whether it's going to relate to anyone else, uh, but social media was, like I said at the beginning, made to become more social. So we're going to follow friends and family. And then a new thing came about where you can make money and you could create your own personal brand and business through social media, which is why it's become now. Now, absolutely everyone, no matter what they say or do, Everyone at some point or some time on social media tried to do that themselves. They tried to create their own personal brand, their own um, being to become a sort of Instagram celebrity. Mm. Now, that is what's misconstrued our initial beliefs as of why did we join social media? We joined to get in touch with friends and family, to stay in touch with people that we're not going to see on a daily basis. 
and not essentially friends, but people that we know. Definitely. Like I want to see Sully go on holiday. I want to see what he does. Mm. But then when Sully then comes and says something I don't believe with the new society where we got stories and we can voice more opinions and everyone's become more opinionated, I no longer agree with that. So I want to cut, kind of cut away. Mm. And I think that's where the line needs to be drawn in social media. Mm. Are you trying to become a personal brand? Are you trying to become someone famous? And if so, you can't mix in yeah, your I friendships agree. with other people I because agree. that is not the same thing anymore. It's very true. It's very true. Um, moving on from there, I want to talk about uh, the addiction that we have naturally as humans and how the social dilemma has taught mm. us that as well. So a great, a great TV show. It's really good. One. It's really good. What I think is, I know, I know we might be speaking a lot about the negatives, um, but the reason why we mention the negatives, just so you guys know, is so that we can educate you and make you aware of how things can be bad. Because we can't preach to you about positive and how to become better if we don't tell you what's bad for you, if that makes sense. Yeah. Or what's bad for us. Because what's bad for me might not be bad for SA and what's bad for SA might not be bad for Ado. So what I learned from Social Dilemma, and it's kind of true um, in some aspects that I've related to that in my life, but sometimes I haven't because I'm, I'm complete opposite to certain mm -hmm. things they said. But I learned that the way they make algorithms is based on what you look at and like, they will always put that in your face so that you are more addicted to the app in, in that aspect. Yeah. And another thing that I saw was that they make you... They give notifications exist, push notifications exist so that you are addicted to every single notification that comes to that app. Every single like, every single comment, every single message. And you they make they do it in a certain way, even the sounds that, that it makes on the phone makes you want to jump on that app and reply to that person within five seconds. For me, I've seen that happen, but I've moved away from that. So mm -hmm. I'll turn my phone like it is right now in the podcast, it's upside down, I'm not looking at it. And I can have the control of Wait, not what looking. What upside down? Yeah, actually. <laughs> yeah, and I have the control of not looking at my phone for two hours, three hours in a row, even if anything. Like, can I add on to because you're talking about the what social dilemma? I was going to literally ask you what your input is because you actually introduced that to us. Well. Yeah. Go so ahead. when watching the social dilemma, the thing that popped out to me the most on the application was how when they created the feed of scrolling, mm. when they created that, they made it like um, the slots at Vegas. And that's the exact analogy the guy used. Mm. He said, when you go into social media, you're scrolling to get your hit of dopamine of looking at something you like. But what they also do is they added in adverts to make you a product. So every single person that, has a, that is on social media at the moment is a product for businesses to purchase so they can then create the adverts for them so they buy the products. Mm -hmm. So that's the main market that social media created. They made the population the product. And for me, that's where it becomes really sickening, but it's also a wake up call. It's like when you go on social media, you've got to remember and have in your mind, I'm constantly being shown things. Number one, keep me on there, the scroll time high so that I can see more things that I want to buy or I'm interested in. So in the future, a business can profit off, off of me. And if you listen to that, how sickening does it make you feel that like you know mm. that signing up for free on an app that has so much power, yes, mm. but it's also made your products. Mm. Definitely. I think, I think this is where the whole question comes in. Are, are you really in control? Yeah. You're, you're the one, you're the one, you, it's your hand, it's your fingers. You can be. Scrolling. You can, you can be. be. And we're going to show that to them today. 100%, we're going to show that 100%, to them today. I think we've kind of like illuminated what the issue is, what the cause is, and we've, we've um, said what the questions are. And yeah, man, that's 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 really like insightful, mind-boggling. I think I think I'm definitely I definitely need to watch the show. You haven't watched I've it? Watched watched it. Watched it. No, I've not watched it. I've good. I've, I've had good. I've had a lot. Of it's good to go in open-minded so that you can take in. So uh, when I watched it, there were certain things that were said on there. I was like, yeah, I understand where they're coming from, but thank God I'm not like yeah. that. Thank God yeah. I don't like worship yeah. social media. So. Uh, 
probably you guys do know, but I did take a social media detox. Yeah. And for me, that was probably the biggest wake up call for me in terms of what I learned about my social media usage before I really wanted to become a social media influencer. I was talking about how the new stage of social media was where you could create your own personal brand, right? And I wanted to do that. So I'd go into my business insights on Instagram and I would look into what I was creating, what people liked and creating more of what they liked so that I could get more clout or more attention, more follows and more likes. And I became obsessed with it. So much so I'd, be, I'd look at a picture that I took that was perfectly fine. It was really nice. But I was like, oh my God, that's it's done so poorly. Mm. Now, what I learned during my detox was, I number one, needs to know that my life is still going to continue without my social media usage. People aren't going to notice that I'm away. Mm. And yeah, maybe Instagram and all of that, the intoxication of constantly being hit with that dopamine, mm. I could kind of get relieved from it during my detox. Like mm. I no longer needed that dopamine hit all the time mm -hmm. and constantly need to scroll. And I, I saved so much time. My usage went from nine hours all the way down to three nine hours. hours. I was on my phone. I was awake wow. for 12 hours of the day and nine of those hours I was on my phone. Oh. How unhealthy is that? that is I was basically being programmed by everything that I was consuming so much so I became a, a shell of the person that I once mm. was. If you don't mind me asking, how many of the nine hours were on Twitter and Instagram? So four of those hours in a day I'd spend on Instagram. Three of those hours was on Twitter. Wow. Uh, a lot of it was on FaceTime, so I'll be on FaceTime. That's cool. I don't see that counts. Like that. No, yeah. But being on my phone for nine hours a day is not healthy. It's and and this is where we can kind of talk about not just social media, but everything in general. Mm. Technology as well. Mm -hmm. How we can program you and make you into yeah. a different person that needs that constant attention. Right. Like you can't even function without talking to someone, without yeah. being on your phone and talking to them. I, it's, it's very sickening. But anyways, getting back to my main point. My detox from social media taught me I did not need a dopamine hit, that I'm perfectly good as a person I am, and that the only way for me to become successful is becoming more of a product of a person that is educated and has higher capabilities rather than being someone that people can look at and find entertainment in. Mm. We don't need to just find success through one avenue, and that's mm. what we mis misconstrue by the social media thing. We've got so many more things, like life is not social media. If you look at the most successful people in the world, and you look at the, the happiest people in the world, nine times out of 10, they're not on social media. Elon Musk is on Instagram, and uh, Jon Snow, he's not on any social medias. And these he's people on zero doing, social media. They're doing completely fine. And I think that's fine. something we need to get people understanding, yeah. that your happiness does not come through what other people's values and how much other people like you. Yeah. It's more in who you are as a person. And constantly spending your time on these things is not going to allow you to yeah, achieve that. Definitely. And John Snow, by the way, is Kit Harrington, his full name. I said his uh, Game of Thrones name. But um, just touching up on Adil's point, amazing point, and like I think it's given you a lot of credibility because you're um, being transparent and telling people uh, how long you're you're spending on social media. I didn't even know you're spending that long. But once <laughs> you guys, if you guys listen to this on Spotify right now, on YouTube, on another tab, get your phone out right now and check your time usage on your phone and on your social media, such as Instagram, and uh, do a bit of self-reflection and think if this is good for you or not. And if so, you can look at it and see how you can cut down as well and take some inspiration from Mr. Adu. Yeah? Thank you. Cool. So moving on from social media, that was very insightful. So thank you brothers for giving your input towards that. I want to talk about subconscious bias, which I believe Mr. S.A. Healthy Games would be good to give a definition <laughs> and explain a little bit about uh, subconscious bias. So subconscious bias, I'm surprised that most, a lot of people don't actually know about it or, 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 or are unaware of it. Maybe that's why it's called subconscious bias. 
But essentially what it is, it's also known as implicit bias or unconscious bias, whatever you want to call it. And it's basically the underlying attitudes and stereotypes and thoughts that we have built up, that we have created and accumulated throughout our lifetimes based on the things that we have experienced, the things we have learned and the things we are taught. And some of these things we pick up without even realizing. And it has such a massive impact on your life. Like I remember the first time um, I wanted to buy like a designer pair of trainers. Like before that, my parents just get me whatever. Like I wasn't fussed, so I just mm. get whatever. You know, you know them. You know them. You know them smart shoes you wear. You kick the ball out. You play grass. I wasn't fussed, and I remember uh, one time um, I was in. I went to Dubai with my family, and we went in a shoe store, and um, they were like, "Yeah, just whatever you want." And straight away, I went to the Nike. Why did I go to the Nike? Because you knew they do good kicks. <laughs> no, just like some Nike trainers. Like yeah. there's there's all these other all these other brands, all these other shoes, all excellent, all really good. But the reason I went to Nike is because that's what I seen other people wearing. That is the that is what I was seeing on TV. That's what I was seeing footballers wear. So to my mind, I straight away uh, attribute that to be a great pair of trainers. But I've not considered all these other trainers. I'm not researching to. I've not looked into. It. Obviously, I was a kid back then. I didn't know better. But the same rule applies to every single thing in our life. The way we treat people. This is why. This is this is this is where some of the issues in societies come about. You know, like racism and stereotyping, because you have been ingrained a certain thought process or an attribute of a person or a group of people without even really knowing who they are. And this is where subconscious subconscious bias comes into play. We don't realize it until we really, really think about it, and it plays a part on every single thing, every single aspect of your life. So sometimes subconscious bias is there for a reason. It's a really, really good thing to have because sometimes you need to make snap decisions, and you already know like this is good for you or this is something that you need. So the decision will be made by your subconscious bias automatically, and it's great. But other times. You will go with your subconscious bias without um, validating or without communicating with your conscious bias, the part of you that's meant to do the thinking and researching, mm, yeah. and that's where the problem lies. So if we are watching constant bad news, um, or we're constantly seeing things, bad things on social media, or we're constantly around negative people, mm-hmm. even though we don't want to be part of it, sometimes it's gonna feed into your mind and it's gonna have an effect. Um, you see. With with subconscious bias, it has sh- it has short term effects on you, um, but those can lead into long term effects. So, for example, if someone said something bad to you, or someone mentions a death, in that moment, it, it would be bad for you. You you would feel grief or sadness. But if you're constantly so if you're constantly around people that are talking about sadness and depression and death and things like that, it's gonna it, it's gonna basically redirect your mind to always think about that. And when there's nothing to do with death, there's nothing to do with sadness, your mind will automatically go to that because that's that's what the norm is now for you. And this is something that is having an effect on us as society, as people on social media, as people who consume mainstream media, as people who consume music. Like I know people who be like, I feel like I want to feel sad. So they put on a sad playlist. Why do you want to feel sad? Or like they, they, I'm sad. Let me put my sad boy playlist on. What are you doing? You want the opposite of that. So I, 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 don't, I don't fully understand why people do these things. I, I've got 
I've got to tell you something. I believe as a person, you need to have an understanding of the other person's opinion as well as your own opinion, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I believe a lot of the reasons why we want to feel a certain way is because it feels good. Like as humans, no matter how much we talk about this subconscious bias today, I want to state and, and clarify, everyone is going to have different opinions and still handle things differently. We're different humans. None of us have been built the same way. We can all get kind of programmed the same kind of way, etc. but we're always, always going to have our differences. Now, with a lot of people, with wanting to feel sad, it's because you maybe feel like you are incapable of being sad sometimes. So now you want to feel sad. Because as humans, our brain loves feeling different things. It's like when you taste a new food and you're like, oh my God, this is amazing. How excited, how much of a dopamine hit do you get? Some people, when they feel sad, they get a dopamine hit as well because the body's trying to make them feel better. And a lot of times, music and certain things will feel different in different atmospheres. Definitely. Like, do you know when you're having a good time with your boys, you put on happy music, how much better does it make you feel? Mm-hmm. Like, you want to put on Canaan, Wave and Flag, and you put on all these different Tombe by... <laughs> but chemical compounds, bro. Like, exactly. That's what we are, man. That is that's what, what we are. are. So these are why different things are handled and, and felt in different ways. Mm-hmm. Now, what I really like is that point that you mentioned with how your surroundings has that subconscious effect on you. Now, as Asians, we all live in an Asian community we only know our bubble. Nandish, when he came on my podcast, he made a very good point. We live in an island in the UK. We don't know how the rest of the world does things. We'll go there and we'll call them weird because we're used to a different way. Definitely. Now, with our social media, we've got access to other countries. And we think what we see on social media is exactly what our country's like. You go to Canada, 90% of the year it's cold. You'll see 10% where it's really nice. But I still want to go to Canada. The reason being, I love nature, I love different things. But I feel differently about it. You tell someone else who hates the cold, they're going to be like, you know what, I don't want to go to Canada. It's cold all the time, it's miserable. But you see things through social media. And like we said at the beginning as well, we did mention social media is just a snapshot of someone's life, of mm-hmm. other thing. Mm-hmm. But we all now were educated for social media. Can you agree? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're completely educated. Agree, we'll, we'll hear news and we'll go straight to Twitter, we'll go straight to Facebook, we'll go straight to LinkedIn to hear about these different things. Or we'll go straight to Telegraph or to Daily Mail, the trash media service it is or the sun like we read things yeah. in one in one avenue i feel like that's why we need to mention today is people need to broaden their horizons and truly understanding everything as a whole i agree i agree look at your sources as well look at you so that's amazing though what everything that you guys have touched up on um talking about being educated on social media i think it would be great if you guys have any studies that you'd like to talk about with regards to subconscious bias i think mainly um if, if you don't have one with regards to subconscious bias you can talk about a study how we as humans consume stuff and how we can take it in a negative or positive way. There's there's been a plethora of studies out there and they're all they're all shocking. Every time I read one, I'm just like, wow, wow, wow. But um, they all make sense. Um, For example, this one in front of me, um, it says um, there was a a study by the British, British, British Journal of Psychology. They found that the ill effects of watching bad news were evident after only 14 minutes. Um, <laughs> compare that to the amount of time some of us spend on social media, you know, hours, that, that, that's a very short period of time. It's only 14 and minutes. Mad. Do you know, the, the thing is though, if you're consuming media or you're watching news to understand the world, you see you're doing it for a purpose. But for example, a lot of social, this, this applies to social media or like mindlessly watching TV and the news comes up. When you're doing something mindlessly, you don't realize the effect it's having on you. So if you're watching something for a reason, you've learned about a, a war or, or, a, or a natural disaster happened, you're going to feel sad for that moment. But you went there to find that out, to, to see what's going on in the world. But if it just popped up and you're mindlessly watching or scrolling through social media, and you're someone who in that moment of time, 
is weak in terms of your, your mental stability is not there. Or you're a bit emotional at the time as well. Or you're emotional. Yeah. What effect is it going to happen to you then? That it's going to make it worse, isn't it? You, not, you need to realise, we need to realise that we're not always ready to take on the news of the world. We're not mm. always ready, like, especially with everything that's going on with COVID. All, all, all you see, especially like on Twitter, is, is, is death and illness. Like every, they were saying, um, every one in three tweets was a death or, or someone announcing a death or an illness mm. in the family. Get, and then you'd get the usual and, scaremongering comments of, oh, thank you, 20, 2021 said 2020 was nothing. <laughs> and it's just like, like it's fair enough, yeah. It's been it's been a rough year last year for some. This year's really started off somewhat scary or bad. It depends how you perceive things in the, in in the world. I could see this year has been amazing so far. Yeah. For others, it could be. This is why social media. When you go on it, you just take things with a pinch of salt. I think and try your best to bring good to it, isn't it? I think I think for me, everything is about purpose. So mm-hmm. if if I if I go on social media, like I know that I'm I am feeling down, and sometimes like I want to feel good about myself. I want to feel good about life. So I'll go on and... And you look at pictures of yourself, right? <laughs> <laughs> Shh, that's not for the podcast. Um, but because I have filtered down my following, especially on Twitter, and I'm working on it on Instagram, like I know that the people that I have follow on there are such positive people or such great people that I know I can go on and I can feel good. I can feel amazing, genuinely. Um, but if I go on mindlessly... Um, this is when you're going from Twitter to Instagram to Twitter to Instagram because you're bored and you're doing it mindlessly and you'll see like because now you've gone through the whole content for that day you'll start searching mm. or you'll go on YouTube and that mindless that mindless con- constant con- uh, consumption of media I think is, is the true problem like I genuinely think that's the true problem when you do things without purpose because like I said if I've gone in to look for happiness or I've gone in for a moment of like my dopamine hit for the day of social media I've got that hit, that's it, I'm done. I can I can put my phone down and get on with my day. Do you get what I mean? Even though maybe it's not the most healthiest thing to do, but at least I've done it with purpose and I've done it with mindfulness. Definitely. And I think that's where that's where I think where I differ from a lot of people. So something I wanna touch upon based off of what you said. Um, so mindless consumption is, is a killer. Because if you think about it this way, right? If you're reading a book, you're reading to get educated, right? Like you're gonna read a specific book. But on social media, like I said, it's a library. You've got so many different books to read. So you're going from one book to another book, and this way you're switching between Twitter and Instagram, and you're going from one to another, one to another, one to another. That is just unstable saying it. Imagine what it's doing to your brain. Mm-hmm. So the brain's got this, this thing, and it's from a book, Ikigai, that I read. And the gentleman said that your brain can only stick to one topic at a time. And you try doing two topics at the same time, and it's unstable. It's trying to multitask. Mm-hmm. Mm. And a human brain can't multitask uh, in a way that's going to keep you content mm. or happy. It's putting stress on it. So, like, if you were say, for example, you're driving and suddenly you were to you were to be driving, and then your kid in the background screaming, you're going to want to make them sure. So you can't pay attention to your driving, then you're mm. and you keep crying. Think about your social media usage the same way. It's like when you're reading about Liverpool winning the league in 2019, and then seeing the tragic blast that happened in uh, Beirut. Yeah. Um, it's you're, you're going from one happiness to one sadness and then suddenly you want to know what's going on in, in Beirut and you're reading about it and you see, oh, it's so much sad news. Then you have to put your phone down and you have to go back to your wife and, and have a conversation with her in a happy way or ask her about her day. And say she point. had a rough day and then you're point. feeling sad as well and then you're both just, you're both having negative emotions. It's not healthy. Mm. 
and that it's, it's very tragic that we can't have this conversation with people without them feeling like, no, I'm, I'm superior to this. Yeah. And too many of us have this mindset that we're superior to those feelings, yeah. but in rea- reality, we're not. That's a very good, that's a very, very strong point that you put there. It's imperative to understand that the, from, this is what from I've gathered from what you guys have said, especially you, Adil, is that there's a time and place for everything, mm-hmm. right? There's a time and place where you should sit and look at social media. Like, it's true that sometimes you'll have your phone out and your friends will be talking something about something good and you'll be like, oh, by the way, did you just hear that this has happened? Why? Somewhere. Exactly, like, isn't it? And then it will change the mood of everything. First thing we need to do is be mindful of the time we spend and what we do. I think our friend Xavier is the perfect example of this from being very successful on social media to then dropping social media like, like a, a pin on the floor mm. and just leaving it off because he said, I acknowledge that too much of my time is being shared with me about things that do not, I do not need to know at that precise moment. I'm in my life, I'm in my 20s, I need to make something out of myself, but instead I'm constantly reading about other things that are going on and oh, I can't focus. I hate that and I hate to, and I tell so many people the same thing. I'm like, why are you wasting your life to watching other people live in their life? How does it make sense? And then you're gonna complain. Five years from now, you're gonna complain. Why don't I have what they have? Why don't I have what this person has? How come he's got a kid in a family and I don't? How come he's got this car and I don't? How come he can travel there and I can't? Because they were doing things that you weren't doing. It's simple as that. And I always speak to Mehdi about this. I said five years from now is going to five to ten years from now is going to really expose what people were doing with their with their in their twenties. It's yeah. really going to expose what you're doing. As long even if you're even if you're failing right now, everything in life, at least you're trying. And when you try, you will reach a milestone in life that will get you to a better level. We need to understand that not all our answers are on, are on social media, are on online. They're not on news, not on music, they're not on TV. And I think a lot of the times we, because we see so many facts on social media, again, our subconscious bias has been configured to think everything or a lot of what we see is factual, is true. So for example, we might see someone who has so much credibility on their account, they've always provided value. And one time they say something that's incorrect, um, whether they say intentionally or unintentionally, but you just take it as fact. How many times that happened? So many times. And, and that's where, where cancel, culture, cancel culture and these kind of things come up. And once we understand that not everything we see online is true, not everything we see on the news is true, not all the things that we hear on, on music or on TV is true, we need to go out and do our own due diligence. And I think once we take on that accountability, that responsibility, and we take away this, um, this feeling that people owe us something or social media owes us something or my followers owe me something, then we'll, be, we'll, just, we'll just live a more happy and more fulfilled life because we're not expecting anything. That's it. And we've put all of the responsibility on our heads. But all these things we're talking about today isn't just social media. There's uh, your, your relationship with your, with, your work, with your environment. Yeah. Your environment really and truly. Yeah. For example, when you're out at work and the way people are, are there, like they don't have to define who you are, but they can have an effect on your subconscious. Definitely. You're what you watch the TV shows yeah. you watch, for example, watch, want to watch Power and suddenly you yeah. think you can become a drug cartel. Exactly. Yeah. That, you know? Good, good point, Ado. Good point. So I was going to actually ask you and move on from there. Your peers and your family and your friends, we've learned a lot from you. How uh, someone negative or from experiences you've seen from other people, how experiences and how it's an imperative to understand that people around you can have such a negative um, stand in your life and change you completely. I'll leave it all to you. So for me personally, I'm very fortunate. I work with amazing people, like people that I learn so much from, like my manager, a natural leader, um, my different managers, and the peers I work with, they've got their head screwed on, they know what they want to do. 
Um, sure, we're all different people and we've got different beliefs, different backgrounds, etc. But we get along amazingly. And then at home, yeah, my I've got difficult relationships with different members of my family, but they all have things for me to learn from. But it's my friends that I pick that have the most effect. So, for example, if I was to be around friends who just love dossing around, like I'm talking about, yo, every every weekend, yo, Ado, you want to go out to town and just talk to different people, or go go do this, go do that, and I'm like, yo, I'm there. <laughs> let's get going. Let's party. When am I ever going to work on what I truly need to work on? No, like, sure, we can have some deep conversations where sometimes you're like, oh, what are we doing with our lives? Are we doing the right thing and this and that? But then we're like, no, we made some amazing memories, man. We can never, we can never relive um, Revs or we can never relive uh, um, Republic and shit like that. Like, mm. these different things are going to be harmful for me. But if I pick the right friends who we talk about the right things or we want to do the right things and we've got big aspirations and goals and we help each other, like my friends I've got at the moment, YouTube brothers and our, our extended circle, phenomenal people I can learn from constantly or can have a phone call with. And I can actually make progress as a person. Definitely. Your friends have the biggest impact on your subconscious and what you think is all right and what you think is bad. So if I'm with some friends and they all believe that, you know what, smoking weed all the time is fine. I'm going to yeah. believe that I can smoke up away, turn into Snoop Dogg and I'm never going to affect my future. Mm. But really and truly, it's been proven that uh, smoking weed uh, or marijuana actually slows down your, your brain's ability to process. Mm. Any form of smoking mm -hmm. weed does that. Mm -hmm your brain becomes slightly lessened in its capacity of what it can remember and what it is capable of learning. Never mind the long-term effects it has on you as well. Especially that. Now, I'm going to believe it's fine. So if someone tells me an alternative view, I'm like, no, it's not, it's fine. And I'm, I'm, I'm going to shut myself away from opposing views mm. because what my friends think is right, is right. That's it. It's like when people are racist, when they live in their only, their only one community. For example, you get racist Asians, racist um, Africans, racist Americans, um, but like they've got this one viewpoint and when they find anything different it's wrong and I have to get rid of it because what I know is right and what I know is happy and I think your your environment is super super important man. Mm. like you need to change that you need to clear it out and make sure it's it's acceptable of alternative views I've got a good friend of mine who constantly tells me you can never have a good viewpoint without knowing and understanding the alternative viewpoint which is what expanded my mind in 2019 when this person told me that since 2019 i've been working on it consistently and that's why if you see the beginning of the video i was questioning even your viewpoints on your opinions on social media because i just want to make sure that the viewers seeing both sides of the story like social media is great I, i'm never going to say it's bad but overconsumption of anything is bad for you like eating too much protein is bad for your gut mm. and we know eating protein is healthy Having too much milk, having too much water, all of that is unhealthy at some level. Mm. And it's finding that right balance, but also having an uh, understanding of your own mind and what it's capable of, which you mentioned mm. at the beginning. If you can understand your mind, you can understand your own viewpoint and have the, bring in the ability to understand alternative viewpoints, you are then less impressionable because you're understanding of everything. Mm. Um, I want to give a personal experience of what I've been doing to lessen the negative um, input that has been put into my life honestly because of my business um, over the last three and a half years you'd take on clients without actually knowing how they are deep down until they pay and then you understand the kind of personality they have the last two months I've been really diluting it down and weighing it down that I, I pick and choose my clients from the last two months alhamdulillah that's the level I've been at now Ay, yeah? so if I've made like a whole Google spreadsheet of um it's, it's a personality test but the, the clients don't know that oh. yeah but it's a corporation test are you sure you want to say this yes i want to say it <laughs> <laughs> um 
but basically it's like a corporation test of how cooperative the person is. This could be a friend that, in that inquires for a website, but if they are not cooperative in that sheet, then I can't work with you because mm -hmm. it's going to drain me. And the last thing I need to have is something or someone draining me. doesn't mean they are a bad person. It just means from a client to business, a client to customer, oh, sorry, a business owner to a client perspective, it's, it, it might be different. So for me, I've experienced like draining clients, man. Like good clients, amazing clients, but also like clients that genuinely squeeze you like a sponge mm -hmm. and it's hard to work. Like it's hard to work like that. Okay. Uh, same with the workplace. You can have, like you can be on a call center, mm -hmm. Next or Hastings, whatever it is, and you might have people complaining all the time on customer services. Really? It is draining. So for me, imagine it's your own business, you can't really escape from it. So what I've done to improve that, to move away from that negativity, is actually finding out how this person is before I put them on before I get them on board. And if they pass the test, then perfect, I know how you are. <laughs> if you don't pass the test, I'm sorry, but I cannot work with you. Imagine you go to buy some crepes that they say, I feel like this personality. <laughs> but that's a product. This is a service. When you're doing a service, it's so much time, so much investment, so much like you, like Zeal, for example. You try and tell me you don't choose the people that end yeah, up coming right. there. If you get people that are not going to abide by the way your service needs to be, then you're just going to, you're going to get, you're going to overwork and get underpaid. And mm. I'm sorry, but I'm not all for that. I'll be yeah. straight with you because if, if, if that's how if that's what it's meant to be then I won't be doing what I do right now and I want to enjoy what I do so to make it more enjoyable I need the relationship to be good I need their investment to be good I need my pay to be good and everyone's happy so that's my way of how I've handled a lot with negativity so Mr. Sully SP I heard you've got a study for us on talking about the impact of friends uh, Most definitely. okay so um, this is with regards to the impact of negative how negative people that like your friends or peers can have on your life um, there was a study by a doctor named Dr. Yeager who carried out a study with certain people and one of his candidates who was 11 at the time of giving an example of how they had been through a negative experience, she was in her 30s and she said she was still devastated by what happened when she was 11. And what happened when she was 11 was her friend at the same age had used a derogatory name to her. They didn't give the example of what it was. But as you can imagine, 11 year old going through that she said that at the age of 30, in her 30s, she was still so devastated by it that she couldn't open up to people or be herself simply because of one line. Now, some people listening to this are going to be like, what, that's so petty. I've been through that as well when I was 11. That's not had any impact. But again, as I mentioned earlier, we're emotional compounds. Like we, we take things differently. Mm -hmm. What I can say to SA, he might take offensive but with regards to what you say to him, he might take it as a joke simply because of the way we say things. That's why when we say texting and social media, etc., not to go back to that, but the way you text sometimes can be mixed up in the words different to how you say something. But can you imagine she was 11, went through that one line, one line her friend said to her and it's impacted her life so much that in her 30s, a grown woman cannot be open to people, be herself to people simply because of that. That's so have you got crazy. that from what I've learned from that is literally your friends can they don't even need to do anything they can say something that will completely change who you are and you might miss all your goals and all your future ambitions and everything you want simply because of something they say that's why it's so important that the people you have around you um, that's why it's so important of who you have around you because if they're saying good things about you good things to you that's going to boost you you're going to be ready for the next day you're going to be ready for the hustle so do you have any examples with regards to this now what's happened is a lot of the media that we consume via music, via TV shows, via movies, even via social media, even though we spoke about enough, um, these, these impacts as a person, we naturally, as humans, try to engage with them because we go with what we like most. Mm. And I think that's what all of these media sources have found. 
what people like more is what they're going to consume more of and that's what they're going to have more of an impact on them so we can market more for example like Air Jordans bro uh, when Michael Jordan had been the best basketball player them lot wanted him to have a have a shoe that everyone wants to be like Mike and that was a catchphrase be like Mike mm. everyone wants to have a pair of Air Jordans now you go to America they're worshipped and they're now so expensive because they've got marketability but it's just based off natural human behaviours and if that doesn't make you believe enough on the subconscious I don't know what is mm. awareness and purpose always be aware that you are impressionable and always be aware that people are trying to make an impression on you whether they realize it or not whether you realize it or not and the second thing is do everything in your life with purpose if you want to consume some media do it with purpose take time out and say i'm going to go on social media this is my time to lay back relax half an hour go for it but never ever do it mindlessly because that will consume you and you become a slave to that social media or that media platform. That is powerful, man. That was powerful, man. Yeah, give me a high five. <laughs> <laughs> that was amazing. <laughs> Adil, what's your one-liner? I'm waiting for the gems right now. All right, so I'm, I'm actually going to be a copycat. I'm going to go off uh, Mike, Matthew McConaughey, uh, very admirable actor. I like my movies, so I do like characters that are quite, I feel like are powerful. Mm-hmm. And in an interview, um, actually no, this was when he won an Oscar. He won an Oscar, man. He said, the one thing that kept me driven was if I was to ever go back to the 10 year old me and he was asking me, what have I done? I'd want to be able to give him a great answer. So for me, it's what would I have wanted to do at 10 years old? I don't know what I wanted to do, but I want to go back to the 10 year old me and say, I've made something out of you and you're, going to, you're living an amazing life. So for me, it's I want to go forward in 10 years time from now. I want to have achieved everything I wanted now. And also to be able to go back to the 10 year old version of me and say, I don't waste time trying to be like someone else. I did justice at the years I was granted to live in this earth. Mm. Wow. You knew his quote by heart, by the way. No, I didn't. I just, I remember, I remember Paraphrase. Spin. Paraphrase. Paraphrase, yeah. yeah. Love that though. <laughs> My one would be, um, since it's, it's about the whole topic and we did brush up on a lot, probably 70, 30% of, 70% was more negative than positive, but it's good, as I said earlier. So remove yourself from any sort of negativity that is out there as much as you can and the stuff that you can't at least have the powerful positive mindset to get you to alleviate you away from that yeah I was waiting to put that yeah <laughs> to alleviate you from it and on top of that because we spoke so much about social media i want to say that if your friends your inner circle your external circle your family if they are not pushing you to achieve the goals that you need to make you become a better person if they're not telling you off of things that you're doing wrong then it's not a circle it's a cage 